welcome everyone to Step Back Sisterhood. My name is Janelle Moore, and I am joined by Tara Bowen Biggs, Brittany Wilbert, and Amber Vickers. And today we are introducing ourselves. You know, there is there are four hosts here, and you know, we are just giving y'all a little bit about ourselves. And I will start. Um, I've spent three seasons writing about the Golden State Warriors for SB Nation, uh, Golden State of Mind. But I've been a fan of theirs before getting into the sports media field. And I've followed them ever since, you know, Mark Jackson was the coach. I just got, you know, and <laughs> I was fascinated with how a team is has been built, you know, organically and just, seeing everybody take off and build to where they are now. But as far as writing goes, you know, other than Golden State of Mind, I've been at Mutual Report for a few few months and a couple articles. Then basketball, the the big the b-ball index, the basketball writers, um and right now I am at Complex and Red Bull, they're getting into the basketball um, game. And I was honored to be recommended by a couple of people from Octagon. And that's, a, that's about it. Oh, how did I first get into basketball? Well, I've, I've been in basketball ever since I was a little girl. Um, my grandma actually gave me my first basketball and since then I've been dribbling and shooting ever since. My father also played basketball and both of his, his sisters did as well. And I just grew up watching the game, grew up around the golden era, so to speak. Um, the Jordans, uh, no, Clyde Drexler, Barkley, and just watching them and I've been watching ever since. I just love the game. I love playing it. I love watching it. Who was your favorite player? Oh, go ahead, Brady. Oh, no, go ahead, Amber. (laughs) Who was your favorite player growing up? I had two. And it was, uh, they were Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. You know, everybody loved Jordan, especially in North Carolina. But, you know, just seeing the emergence of Pippen was special to watch. And, you know, he is the OG point forward. And just seeing how he established himself you know, it was just amazing. Yeah, he was like, underrated defense, well, not defensively, but his athleticism. You know, he he never did get credit enough for that. You know, he was in a couple of slam dunk contests. And it's always been about his defense. And what's really crazy about Pippen was, it was this great defender and never won defensive player of the year. Make that make sense. So you mentioned that you became a Golden State fan around the time that Mark Jackson was the coach. Um, it sounds like you were, I guess, an indirect Bulls fan before then because of Jordan Pippen. Um, were they your actual, or were the Bulls your actual team that you followed when you were younger, or were there other teams that you were? Um, I followed the Bulls. Fan? Yes, I followed the Bulls when I was younger. I followed the Bulls when I was younger, and also, actually, you know. Another favorite player of mine was Tim Hardaway as well. 
Wasn't he on I, I just loved his UTEP to his crossover. You know, he was he and Mullen and Mitch Richmond was also awesome to watch. Oh, when they were in um, Golden State. Yeah, yeah, run TMC. They were awesome to watch too. I'm really telling my age here. <laughs> <laughs> Janelle, when you played basketball, uh, what did you, what, what position did you play? What's your, what was your specialty? I actually played the three. I had no business playing the three, but you can't argue with the coaches. I was guarding these big birthday heifers and, you know, at least I didn't get hurt. I'm, I'm really a two. A shooting guard. So you were a shooter? Were you a scorer? I was a shooter. I was a scorer. My specialty was I was good with threes, but mid-range, I was solid for mid-range. And then when did you go from playing basketball deciding that you wanted to write about it? Well, I've always liked the media, even when I was little. Um, at first, I wanted to be a lawyer or a judge. But one day, I think I was sick or something, and I saw Oprah. I saw um, Allison Payne from WGN. When the Superstation carried the news everywhere. Damn, I'm telling my age. <laughs> um, Darcel Grimes from my local ABC affiliate, WLOS. I've watched them and I'm like, this is cool. I want to do that. And also what made me get into sports media was just the merging of both of my passions. And plus, you know, my mom thought I would be good at it and she's, she's right. I guess, you know, I, I do my thing. Since you say you're a Jordan fan in North Carolina roots, you have those roots. How do you feel about how he has, oh, how, how he has done with that organization there for the Hornets? Yes. It's a shame. He, and you know, it's we, it's, it's kind of funny how great players are trash in the front office and trash as a coach. The only exception to exceptions to those rules are Bill Russell and Jerry West. But as competitive as Jordan is, I expected better for him with that organization. But the one good thing he did was bring the name back in the commerce <laughs> and put a, a put and put a sneaker store in the Spectrum Center. That's about all he did. Yeah, when he drafted Adam Morrison, I was shaking my head. But I, you know, Jordan, Jordan was my favorite player growing up too. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to let it ride, Jordan. I'm going to let it ride. I'm going to let it ride. And yeah. And then he let Kimball walk, but I think Kimball wanted to go anyway. No, I don't think Kimball wanted to go. He actually had a house. He, he bought a new house, um, in Charlotte. He didn't want to go. Okay. They lowballed him. Okay. He to stay. Okay. Okay. So Janelle, you live in North Carolina, but you follow a team in uh in the Bay Area. What's your biggest challenge of being a fan of a team that's like out of your time zone that you know is not in the state that you live in? Those late games. That's the challenge. There's been many a nights that I have nodded while trying to do a, a game recap. I actually wrote a game recap in my sleep. And won best of SB Nation NBA for it. Wait, what? Yes, Tell me I more. A, yes, I wrote a game recap in my sleep. 
I was fighting sleep. I was, I was nodding. And I, you know, I just got it done. I wish I could write when I was asleep. <laughs> I had, I mean, I had a deadline. I had no choice but to get it done, but I got it done. Got it done in my sleep and still won best of. Wait a minute. Was that during the years where the Golden State Warriors trounced everybody for the first three quarters and then everybody sat and then the last quarter was like, you know, they kept it, you know, a decent game. I can see how that wouldn't have been that hard to write all those years. Yes. Yes. That, that, that was it. <laughs> and I think, I think it was, um, during the last year Katie was there. It was one of those games. I don't, I don't know whether or not it was against Miami or Phoenix, but yes, I, I remember um, writing an article half asleep. So when it comes to Golden State, um, you mentioned that you you know, appreciate how they grew organically. Um, have there been any, I guess, what's your favorite moment um, outside of winning the championships that you've had? Uh, while covering and or being a fan of the Warriors? Well, one of my favorite moments was, you know, when they actually pushed the Spurs to six and when they got past Denver. I mean, that just showed growth, the growth and development of Stephen Clay. You know, and and when people scoffed at Mark Jackson when he said that um, he got the best back court a shooting backcourt of all time and the best backcourt ever. And people scoffed at him and, you know, just seeing their development and proving him right was just really rewarding. I mean, not necessarily the championships, but the moments when they broke through against Denver and San Antonio was was satisfying. That, that really put them on the map. And then Kerr took it to another level the following year. I don't really like how Mark Jackson was dismissed, but Maybe it was all for the best. Um, how did you feel about them hiring Steve Kerr? I was apprehensive because, you know, he was in the front office with uh, D'Antoni and he was on TV. And, you know, coaches, uh, you would want to have a coach with experience. But then again, at the same time, while Kerr was on the bench getting splinters in his butt, he was observant and he absorbed information from Popovich, absorbed the lessons from Jackson. So, you know, I was going to give him a chance because again, sometimes the stars don't make the best coaches. It's those cats with splinters in their butts that makes the best coaches. <laughs> That's going to be the title. The people <laughs> with splinters in their butts. <laughs> That's how I'm going to talk about myself. Yeah, I didn't play. I collected a lot of splinters in my butts. <laughs> Janelle, when you tell people why you love basketball, what do you say? Why? Why did I? Why do I love basketball? Yeah. What do I say? I said, yeah. well, I, I just love the pace of the game. I love, you know, the compelling character. Well, compelling people. I wouldn't say characters because these are real people and just love just the sp the pace and the spirit of the game and the way that it's just a simple game. But, you know, you, 
you, you just have so much fun with it. You you get on the court and you talk trash. You you know, and it's and the culture around it is just incredible, and it just is really impactful, and influential, especially when it comes to sneakers. What's there not to love? So you're a sneakerhead. I wouldn't say I'm a sneakerhead, but you know, I I do okay. Good. I got. I'll have some questions for you throughout the year because I'm trying to expand my horizons and uh, get more into shoes. Well, right I now, all I buy are Damian friends. Lillard's. <laughs> I got some friends for sneakerheads. This this guy who was you know real friends with Steph. His name is Kosizi. He actually um, gave me a little bit of a platform to write on when when kicking it was just like a website. Hell, I might reach out to him. He's, he's, he's a bonafide sneakerhead. That's head. I mean, I'm all right, but CZ I'm and his people are sneakerheads. Yeah, I love shoes. I, I That is one of my, oh boy, how do I say this? Everybody has a thing they like to buy. Shoes and gadgets are my thing. I like shoes. I like phones, iPads, computers. Anything technology-wise is my thing. Shoes are as well. So you can bring him on. I want to scratch his head. Even though I've been trying to save my money, I've been investing my money, as we talked about before. But there are some shoes that I that I really want, and I'm really going to have to just, I guess, break the wallet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's the guy to go to. He, Yes, definitely. All right, Amber, uh, what got you into basketball? I've been dunking little paper balls in the trash can since I can remember. Uh, I was two years old, and my aunt used to say, I used to ball up paper and say, two points. So I've been playing basketball my whole life, played in college. I just, I play pickup for fun. Well, right, not right now, because my Achilles is healing itself. But good news, guys, I am running now. I got on a treadmill, and I ran six miles per hour. So that is great news, guys. So I'm getting there. Basketball actually is not my first love. Football is, which is very weird. But the passion for basketball, since I couldn't play football past sixth grade because, you know, girls develop. And I ended up just taking on basketball full time. It it was just something that I did all the time. Anywhere I could find a basketball goal, I'll find two or three people and say, hey, you guys want to play 21 or it's just, yeah. it's just always been there for me. And it's always been a passion of mine. You bought basketball to OKC. And if you guys know that I was a Spurs fan at first. So <laughs> then we got uh, Oklahoma City, got the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I'm like, oh boy, I'm torn now because I got my hometown team and I was a Spurs fan. It was, it was a lot, but I, I, I really ingratiated myself in basketball at an early age. It was just something that I just love to do and I still love to do. Yeah. So you yeah. mentioned, uh, or you mentioned that you've been playing basketball, I guess more or less mo- most of your life. Um, didn't you go to college and play basketball? Um, yes, ma'am. I did. I called what you. What school did you go to and what position do you play? <laughs> I called you, ma'am. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have a habit. I don't think we actually have said our ages i think okay. <laughs> i think i think we're about the same age so call me whatever it's okay um the first year i went to hillsdale um it's a christian college division one christian basketball college and we won a national championship my freshman year what 
That's yeah. awesome. I have a ring. I'm gonna show you guys the ring when when we oh, get off. Why? Yeah, I'll show it to you guys. Wait, you need to be introduced as champion Amber Vickers. <laughs> <laughs> I played there my freshman year, and then I didn't have my major, so I went to another school in Texas. And then in Texas, I got screwed out of my scholarship. That's a long story. And then I went to St. Gregory's University, which is NAIA, and it's in Shawnee, Oklahoma, the sticks. And I played two years there. So I played all four years of basketball, and then I transferred to university to University of Oklahoma to finish college. But I was done playing my four years after that. But hindsight 2020, I should have stayed at Hillsdale for two years and then transferred. But I'm glad I got that experience being out of state, being away from my mom. It really helped me grow. And I found out a lot about myself as a basketball player as well. Freshman year, I was a captain. I had a lot of accolades. I was an All-American. And then sophomore year didn't go that well. And then junior and senior, the team just wasn't that good. So freshman year, I went from a team that was really good, like we were really good, to uh, the coaching situation just wasn't right. This my second team I went to. And then the third team I went to, the team just wasn't good. So transferring can have its ups and downs. Let me tell you that. Yeah, I can understand that because when I I was in college, I had the itch to try out for the team at North Carolina A&T, but they were a losing team and me being a three and I don't I don't think I could impact that team as well as I need to. And I just decided to study, just focus on my studies. But in hindsight, I should have tried out for the basketball team. Yeah, it's a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas for me. And Brittany, I played every position. Naturally, naturally, because I'm a shooter, I can shoot very well, but I also see the floor very well. I probably have about nine or ten triple doubles in my career. So naturally... Yeah, naturally, Brittany, I could play the one, two, or three. I play some four and five because I have good footwork in the post. But I'm only five, eight and a half. So when we play some of those schools, the girls are six, two, six, three. Mm-hmm. I could so outrun them. Yeah, I could, yeah, I could <laughs> outrun them and I actually could outjump them because I can jump. But the girth was a lot to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> The girl. Yeah. yeah, because I'm in, the mid- I'm in the Midwest, so there's not any skinny 6'2 or 6'3 post players, let me tell you. Country, cornbread fed, Arkansas, Alabama, Louisiana, Texas. I mean, it it got physically demanded. And my coach was like, okay, I'm not gonna put you in the post. But if I could isolate one of those one of those big gals on the wings, I could do that. But I said, guard them in the post, I can outjump them. I said, but once they box me out, I'm five eight and a half, one fifty. I mean, that's just not going to work, coach. Like, there's only so much I can do. So most of my career, I played outside the paint. But some of my career, I did have to play in the paint, Brittany. And it was, let me tell you, ice baths were my friend sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) To go back a little bit, who were your uh, the people that you really admired, your favorite players back when you were young and growing up? Oh, man. Ooh, I'll give women players and men players. Women's players, when I was growing up, I really loved Don Staley, Cheryl Swoops, uh, Deanna Twitty Nolan, man, um, Lisa Leslie, Candace Parker, Cynthia Cooper, 
Simone Augustus, Ivory Latta. Lots of role models. (laughs) (laughs) You know, those are the players that I watched, especially when I was in college. A lot of those women I was watching in college while I was in college. But what really got me into women's basketball were those players. And Pat, seeing Pat Summit on the sideline, winning all those games. Of course, at the University of Oklahoma, um, Sherry Cole is a very decorated coach. So being here in Oklahoma and seeing what she, what she's done with that women's program is amazing. Men's players growing up, it was Michael for me. It, it was Michael. I love that Stockton and Malone pick and roll. I loved watching that growing up, but Michael was my guy. I mean, I had a Jordan birthday cake. I had the jersey. <laughs> I had all the shoes. Mom, I want a pair of Jordans. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and it was Jordan for me. I, I could not see past Jordan, but somebody else that I enjoyed watching when I was younger was Charles Barkley. I, I enjoyed watching Charles Barkley play as well. Charles Barkley is the reason Draymond is who he is today. I know they have their little, their little beefs, their little, <laughs> they go at it with each other, but Charles Barkley was that guy that was undersized, mm-hmm. but he was a bully at the same time and he could do a lot on the floor. So, you know, when a lot of people say, this person, if it wasn't for this person, this person wouldn't be who they were. Like people say, I'll compare like a, a rapper. If it wasn't for little Kim, then Nicki Minaj wouldn't be who she was today. You know, because little Kim and Nicki Minaj kind of fit that same kind of media presence. I'll say that for Draymond because Draymond's undersized. He plays the four and the five, very undersized, but he's like a utility player. Even though Charles Barkley is more of a scorer, Charles Barkley did all those little things as well. So I really like Charles Barkley watching him play, but I was a Michael fan. Oh my goodness. Every time the Bulls played on NBC, I was glued to the TV. Marv Albert, Marv Albert on the call, I was glued to the TV. So as somebody who's from the Northwest, I have an obligation to ask you, um, what it was like for you, uh, when OKC got a team. I, again, I'm from the Northwest, so all I ever hear about is one side of the story. And I haven't really heard much about um, OKC's point of view. So what was it like for you when you found out there was going to be a team coming to your hometown? I didn't know the situation in Seattle. Like, they were like, oh, their building contract expired. And I was like, okay. And there wasn't very much talk about what happened in Seattle. I just looked up and Oklahoma City had a team. You know, this is a football state. Oklahoma is a football state. Basketball, I was like, I don't know how well they're going to do. Are they going to sell tickets? Like, and then they talked about us getting a football team, but Oklahoma is just not quite. I'm trying to figure out the space they could use for a football team, but that's neither here nor there. And then the basketball team came along and people are like, the Thunder. Why would they name Oklahoma City the Thunder? And I thought about it and I said, you know, that might be a great idea. And then season tickets sold out in minutes. And everything just kind of came together for OKC at the right time. OKC gets cold in the winter. Football doesn't happen in the winter. So those seasons don't really intersect like that. So you could go to an OU football game and not have to worry about missing an Oklahoma City Thunder game. And I think that's beautiful because OU doesn't play at night because it gets cold in Oklahoma. They usually have like day games. So I can go to a football game in Norman on Saturday and then turn around and go to Oklahoma City Thunder game on right after that. So I think that's beautiful for the city. 
Now, we won't have an all-star game because it's just not enough to do here in OKC and things like that. But when we when I found out about it, I was apprehensive. I really was. I was like, I don't know how it's going to work. Oklahoma's a football, it's a football state. I just I just don't know how it's going to work. And it seems like it's worked great. I mean, we sell out every year. The crowd is amazing. I encourage you, if you just want to come to Oklahoma City, which is not, we don't have a tourist attraction. But if you just want to come to OKC, go to a Thunder game. And when I tell you that crowd is amazing, you guys see it on TV. That crowd is amazing. And I was really happy to see how well Oklahoma City accepted the Thunder. Because, you know, we got the Hornets first because after Hurricane Katrina. And Chris Paul was a great young player. So you had Chris Paul, David West, I think was on that team. Peja, was Peja Stoyakovich on that team? I think so. And we got them first. So I think that was the test to see. And then Oklahoma City appreciated that, and then they gave us the Thunder, which I think was an amazing thing. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the Thunder themselves, do you think that if they weren't successful the first couple of years, especially, you know, they uh Presti was able to, you know, draft relatively well the first couple of years, obviously. But if they weren't that successful, do you think the team would have still been supported as much as they are? Or do you think it they would have been supported anyway? Anyway, because Oklahoma City doesn't have anything professional here. We have to Tulsa shock the WNBA team for a little bit. But that's not in a city that's in Tulsa, which is our next big, biggest city. So I think it would have been supported. You know how Sacramento wasn't good for years, but people supported. Golden State wasn't and people sold out that are in Oakland. So I think that Oklahoma City was so ready for a professional team. I don't think it would have mattered. Now, them drafting well and going to the playoffs and having MVPs and now that helps. <laughs> I'm not going to say it doesn't help, but that's just not very much to do here in the winter. So when you get a professional basketball team, like I said before, that transition from, you know, college sports to professional sports was a great transition for OKC, but I think they would have been supported regardless. Any last questions for Amber? Well, I guess I do have one more. You okay. mentioned um, you were a Spurs fan before then. Um, are you still a Spurs fan now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am. And you know what's funny? My mom says, when the Spurs play the Thunder, who do you root for? I said, when they play the Thunder at home, I when the Spurs play the Thunder at home, I root for the Spurs. When they play in OKC, I root for OKC. I know guys don't, don't, don't have my head for it, but that's what happens when you get a professional team out of nowhere, but you're a fan of another team. So I kind of have to split my alliance every now and then. And when they play playoff series together, don't ask me who I cheer for. I, you know, it's a win-win situation for me anyway, because somebody has to win that series. So when they play in the playoffs against each other, somebody has to win. So I'll be happy either way. What was it about the Spurs that made you follow them? And what is it about the Spurs that makes you continue to follow them, even though OKC has a team now? David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Sean Elliott, Avery Johnson, I mean, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. I could go on and on, you know. Their organization is so well ran. And I fell in love with Greg Popovich early. 
like really early. And then they just started winning. It just, after the Bulls dynasty was over, then here came the Spurs, here came the Lakers, you know, and I really loved watching Greg Popovich um, coach. I can't say his name for some reason. I really love watching Pop coach the X's and O's. Um, it's just a beautiful game to watch. And when you look at coaching around the NBA now, that Spurs tree has so many branches off of it or to other organizations. Steve Kerr, for example, for Golden State. So that's what really made me fall in love with them is David Robinson and Tim Duncan, those twin towers. They would just go to work in the post, the footwork, the, just when the big man was really appreciated better. I think the big man was so appreciated back then. Now it's more of a guard heavy league. Everybody wants to be a guard. Everybody wants to dribble a ball and, and pull up from 30. It seems like, but I really appreciate those two big men working together and David Robinson eventually giving Tim Duncan that team and them, those, those runs and those wins that they went on and Popovich's playoff streak, which ended this year. It was amazing for me to watch when I was younger. Okay. What is it that the Spurs can learn from the Thunder and vice versa? The Spurs can learn from the Thunder. I think Greg is doing it. He's getting younger on his bench. So now he has Becky Hammond and Tim Duncan on his bench, right? And the game is changing. You know, the game is changing. He had Tim Duncan and David Robinson in the post, but now he has LaMarcus Aldridge. So he's changing with the game of basketball. I think he was apprehensive about that at first. I really do. And... Now you see him shooting more threes, but still sticking to his principles and moving the ball on offense. So I think that's what he needs to learn from younger teams. Cause you know, the Thunder are young. They're, they're young. So they've never really been a veteran team, I guess you can say, because they start the organization off drafting. Well, Katie and Collison came from Seattle and some more players, but Brody did too. Yeah. Oh, no, I think Brody actually didn't come from the, he was the first, well, not the first, yeah. pick, but he was, for, he was drafted in the, um, from the Thunder. Yeah, yeah he, he was, he was the, the last Sonic pick. He was last Sonic pick? Yes, Bro- Brody was, was the last Sonic pick. He was drafted by Seattle, not OKC. Okay, were him and Harden in the same draft? No. They no, were Harden was, Harden was drafted by the Thunder. Brody was 2008. Okay, Harden was after that, and then Ibaka was. Yes. Okay, okay, I have to, I have to think back, guys. But I think the Spurs are well oiled machine. I think the Thunder are learning that now. They're learning that there could be a well oiled machine. It's another small market team. They're both small market teams, but San Antonio has one. They were an ABA team at first, and then you know when the NBA and the ABA merged, they became an NBA team, of course. So OKC still has a lot to learn. But I think they're learning. I think Sam Presti and Clay Bennett do a great job of, you know, kind of looking at people that came before them. You can look at the Spurs model all day long. Anybody can and win if you do it the right way. But I think OKC is getting into that now with these young guys that they have. We have a ton of draft picks. So Greg Popovich learning how, okay, I need to ingratiate and embrace this young culture. Um, this NBA transition because the NBA is really transitioning into a different type of game. And OKC okay, saying, okay, how do the Spurs do business? 
Let's let's try to do business the San Antonio way, not necessarily, you know, plan for plan, but let's just have an organ a small market organization that people wouldn't mind playing for. And I think that that's great for both OKC and San Antonio. Thank you for joining us for one of the launch episodes of Step Back Sisterhood. You can follow us on Twitter at Step Back Sisters.